0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to both 2023 and the first episode of the Without Context podcast of 2023. Of the year. I am. You gave them context. What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) I am uh, one of your co-hosts, as usual, Decavulcy. I am joined by Sharky Hat, of course, and we've got Ben in back. If you remember our episode on we're just kind of shooting the shooting the breeze about game game dev theory. Um, well, we have, we have them back and yeah. they, uh, fancy, they had a fancy new trailer that we all kind of watched together just now.
1: Yeah. And for so some clarification, the if, for some clarification, if, uh, they, if y'all do remember that past video, uh, the name was, uh, Rabbit Dev, Rabbit, Run Rabbit Dev, one of those things. And I think we had, uh, Aiden as the, uh, title of the episode. So this is the same individual, and they're back because yeah, as Deka said, they did yes. drop a uh their company dropped a trailer recently that we're excited to talk about. So
2: cats out of the bag, baby. Yeah.
1: Uh, uh, when worst you
2: kept secret
1: Yeah, when we worked with you on the previous episode, um, I can't remember if we asked it, you joined Gunfire Games after Remnant One was released, right? So
2: Yeah, so Remnant was released in I believe 2019. Uh and uh, Remnant Two was just announced at the end of uh, 2022, so it's been our, we've been working on it for I think two and a half ish years now.
1: Yeah, is this your uh, first trailer that has dropped for the company that you've worked for? So,
2: yeah, this is the uh, it was uh, it was a big moment for me because this is the first uh, like wide release uh, trailer that I've been involved in because uh, I've done like live streams and things like that in the past through uh, Haunted PS One. I was involved in. Uh, What is it? Uh, Eek three for a couple of years, and uh, you know, so we we, I've done like live streams and things like that before, but uh, jumping straight from a couple thousand people to uh, main show at the Game Awards was kind of a big jump. Um, So it's definitely been like a whole bunch of new experiences for me. It's awesome. There's
0: there's no there's no like there's no like there's the there's the small ones for hundreds of people, and then there's the ones shown for you know hundreds of thousands there's no like middle ground in there
2: yeah there's only a few
0: or a ton
2: yeah it's definitely a wild experience because you know it's neat being part of like specialty shows and things like that but it's crazy to just you know go on twitter and see the name of something that you're working on trending without you even knowing about it and like you know without having to search it or anything it's like oh there it is that's awesome
1: yeah and uh i can only imagine like the emotions that came out when that trailer was released cuz you're like oh, this is what I've been working on for you know so long and finally it's getting to the point where it's about to you know be finished and come out and that hard work's on a payoff.
2: Oh yeah, I was like uh, I was like biting my finger the whole week you know coming up to release <laughs> and I'm like I'm like trying to be like hey, uh you should watch the game awards for like for no, for reason. no reason just at all. just watch the game awards between uh 8:33 uh, and eight, you know 8:45 p.m. on this particular day. <laughs> um I mean, for to, for, totally time. for for legal reasons for no abs- absolutely no reason at all just
1: i'm just not telling words. i'm not telling <laughs> you what it is i'm just telling you when it is
2: oh yeah no i'm just telling you, you should you should be watching you should, you should be watching yeah
1: just, and just it watch looks, and it looks great i mean for people who haven't played the first remnant it's a fantastic game the story isn't anything that you'd expect especially with what the story does and we know where it goes both uh literally and figuratively. So I'm excited to see if that kind of core concept is back in Remnant two. I know we can't talk about the game and we agreed to not, you know, talk about the game. We're not going to bully you on a podcast for information.
2: <laughs>
0: not yet.
1: Not yet. What? Um,
0: when, when the game drops Oh, what is the release? Oh, is that, is that out yet? No, no. So it's,
2: um, I don't know, uh, how specific the, the release date has gotten, but it is coming soon. PM. Um, Got it. Yeah. yeah.
1: I don't think we actually have a, a set release date yet, but I'm just double checking like, to did do my as of
0: the game awards. So I'm
1: just doing my due diligence as. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's just this uh, year. This year. Yeah, this year. So, cool. Soon, TM. But yeah, Soon. it's
2: been it's been really rewarding to like work on a project with people who care so much about um, you know the end goal and like are are really invested artistically in what we're working on because like you know. Uh, the first Remnant game, like, at least from, you know, what I know about it, because I never actually got to, like, work on it. Um, a lot of it has been inspired by, um, like, creative work, uh, and and specifically creative formats that, uh, people at the studio liked. So, it it was really funny for me, and one of the things that made me want to, uh, you know, go to Gunfire and, like, work on their games is how much the, uh, backstory to Remnant, like, the original game, uh is almost formatted like an SCP. Um, it's, it's just really interesting to me because it's, you know, you see all these games that are like, you know, leaving lore throughout the world and stuff, but it usually feels like it's like, Oh, okay, well, here's the story dump. Um, but with remnant in particular, I remember myself, like as I was playing it, really feeling, uh, like the things that were being described had actually happened in the place that I was exploring. Uh, and I just, I just remember thinking that was like a really cool thing. Uh, and it just made me uh, made me want to work on the game even more. So
1: yeah, I think that's the one word that can describe Remnant is variety. Uh, I mean, we'll go into spoiler territorials. It's going to be kind of a boring like talk about it. So if you well, haven't yeah, if you haven't 1. played Remnant One, which you should do, I definitely do it. Uh, what got me is like when I see Remnant gameplay and I'm like. Okay, this is like a Dark Souls game. I see the worlds in the situation it's in. I see, you know, the route and everything. And I'm like, okay, so we're going to be going through like different cities and stuff like that, or different city areas. And then it's just like, nah, man, we're going interdimensional. <laughs> there's a base, like, baby. It's like, there's going to be multiple dimensions, mm-hmm. multiple worlds, and a bunch of different enemy types. And I'm like, okay, hold up a second. You're doing what to me right now? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs>
2: Yeah, I. Always, it's funny. Any t- you can tell how much of Remnant somebody has played, pl- uh, like based on whether when you say the word planet hopping, they go, "Wait, what?"
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: because uh, I, I remember I was watching a bunch of reviews for the game. You know, right before I started working at Gunfire, and uh, one of the things that struck me is like. You know, oh, the game all looks the same. Oh, the game. It's like, okay, that person didn't make it through Earth.
1: That person um, played two hours and exactly. stopped. <laughs> exactly, like,
2: and, and like that's valid. You know, I just like feel. I feel like so many people missed out on the the meat of the game because they thought the whole thing was just going to be like, uh, uh, busted up streets for like hours and hours. And it's like, no, there's so much more to it than that. I don't yeah, know.
1: and it's incredible because it all has a like common link to it, which is why these worlds are connected in a way. And they're all kind of dealing with the same situation. And from the trailer of two, it looks like that's going to be a very similar experience. And we were talking about it before the podcast. And I'm like, I'm noticing like certain artistic choices that are other games. Like there's very obviously like this looks very souls born to me.
2: <laughs> I mean, you got to pull your inspiration from somewhere to be fair. I, uh, I came into the studio after the um, kind of, Uh, concepting process had already ended so I can't really speak to you know how much of the game was influenced by other games but uh as a designer I personally find myself pulling from uh a lot of other work that I really like for for reference I do most of the uh player arsenal uh so I'm uh a majority of my job is working on things like guns and like weapon attachments and like uh player kit uh items things like that um So, you know, for me personally, I I, I find myself going to other games, going into, like, other games, especially shooters, uh, trying to figure out not only what I like about, you know, how the weapons feel, how the movement feels, things like that, but why I like it, uh, so that on a more conceptual level, I can kind of try and apply uh, that to, you know, every implementation that I do to make sure that it at least has something that I like, uh, and if it has something that I like, there's probably something for everybody, so...
1: Did we uh, see any of your work in the trailer?
2: Uh, I think there's like three frames. There's like there's like one weapon that I got to work on that, that made it into the trailer. But uh, outside of that, a lot of it was uh, like uh, you know standard loadout stuff. Nothing too fancy. But there's like, uh, there I am. There I am. More to come. <laughs> yeah, it's just
1: I can imagine uh, imagine you sitting on the couch watching the trailer, and it's just the the Leo pointing meme. Like when you see something I, you worked I, on, I, I
0: have. I have an an- the, the soy check. Please. Yeah, the
1: soy check. <laughs> I love that. I love that meme. Sure. It's
0: so just one of so those things. I have, I have a tangential anecdote because uh, Fanon and I and like a handful of us were in voice chat when we we're watching the Game Awards. <laughs> and one, one of the ongoing jokes was like, hey, is that your game? And they're just like, yes. And it's like Mortal Kombat or something. <laughs> Very much not their game.
2: Absolutely, yeah. No, I was like, "Ha, huh, let's have a watch party." And they were like, "Oh, is your game getting announced?" And I'm like, "No." <laughs>
0: um, and I'm I'm not gonna lie, I I came in with zero like you know baseline zero. I was like, "Oh, they've got like I don't know some some like indie style game coming out." Uh, you know the the bright pixely uh indie style. Certified indie style. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right, cool. They got something coming coming out and I'm going to I'm going to support the homies. But I came out of that legitimately impressed and excited to see what's coming next. It's one of those. I don't go here, but that's that's cool as fuck.
2: Yeah, I remember that was one of the things that was really exciting for me was uh, was uh, getting messages from all of my friends on Facebook who had been like, "Oh, hey, you're working at uh, you're working at Gunfire, right? I loved Remnant. That's crazy. Uh, it's like one of my favorite games." And then like Remnant Two getting announced, and me posting the logo on Facebook after the trailer dropped, and just being like, <laughs> "Yo!" And, uh, and getting a message from like every single one of those people being like, "Oh my god, what can I see? When is it coming out?" And I'm like, "I can't tell you anything. I'm sorry," but. Yeah, that's. I honestly think that that's the worst uh, part of being a you, designer because
1: you love this game and you want to talk about it, but at the same time, exactly, you're legally unable to.
2: I have 15 brain cells, and all of them are in remnant hell, is what it comes down to. But uh, yeah, you know, it's just been uh, it's been really interesting for me, uh, just you know, only having the body of work that I did in indie before I started uh, before I like went uh, professional. Uh, to talk about in advance, uh, you know, of Remnant coming out, because all of the stuff that I made before I got into the industry was so radically different from what I'm doing now. Um, It's funny, Remnant is actually the first game that I've worked on that had uh, any kind of combat system, and pretty much all I do is make weapons. Uh, So it's it's just been really interesting kind of being able to, like, build a skill set from the ground up and really just, like, uh, find myself settling into a role the problem is i can't really use my old work as an example in terms <laughs> yeah. of like showing people what i do because uh you know it's like uh depressing narrative horror walking simulator depressing narrative war- <laughs> horror walking simulator uh ghost photography game uh third person shooter souls yeah, like Yeah, like, here's
1: like, my uh, here's my body of work here's what i want to do the most i am not qualified like <laughs> <laughs> I want to work on your, I want to work on your weapons. As you can see by my body of work, I am unqualified. Please hire me.
2: (laughs) Pretty much. Well, that's the cool thing about being a technical designer is, uh, my job description is essentially to not have a job description. Uh, (laughs) and, uh, at least at most companies, what a technical designer kind of does is like hop around from team to team, uh, and do like tasks here and there that might be a little bit too complicated for, uh, somebody who has like less specific technical scripting knowledge. Um, I just lucked out because I managed to get into the single junior role that allowed me to specialize as a technical designer. So nice. uh, at least until uh, at least until remnant ships where uh, I'm probably just going to be doing like player arsenal weapon stuff. Uh, and I love it. Honestly, I, yeah, I love I love what I do.
0: It's a good bag to be in. Like it's a, especially for us. a uh, uh, rogue, a uh, uh, rogue, a uh, soul's like um is, that's that's like, you know. W- it's gonna be one of the spots where players are going to be the most opinionated about. Uh besides like whatever mechanics there are. It's like, oh man, I I, you know, there's gonna be someone who's like uses the weirdest the weirdest weapon and is gonna like have yep. that YouTube or like, yeah, I, I did nothing but dodge roll and use this one shitty weapon. I mean look at yeah.
1: Souls Like brings I, out the most creative in players, I mean.
2: Yeah. Well, that's the nice thing about uh you know the format and things like that you know at least historically i know i know like one of the major complaints with remnant uh was that it was just really really hard yeah um and while i do agree with that to some extent i definitely i've definitely had my fair share of uh fair share of like difficult moments with the game like the cur- the difficulty curve's pretty intense Um, but I feel like that kind of does, you know, you're right. It really does bring out the best in players. And and that's like one of the things that I'm most excited for when the game comes out is just seeing, uh, the way that people take the things that I've gotten to work on so far and just like combine them in ways I wasn't expecting at all to just completely like sweep the sweep, the challenges that we've set up just because it's like, I, I, you know, I don't know. We, I I have a pretty solid idea of like, what's going to go with what. You know, when the game comes out, but I, I know for sure that there's going to be, you know, people with like spreadsheets yeah. um, uh, who are just, you know, like like running math in the like shooting arena or whatever, just trying to like, you know, maximize values and things like that. And I just I want to see uh, the the idea of like watching people kind of slowly figure that stuff out is, gen- is just going to be so rewarding when the game comes out
1: on that topic. Um... Oh. On that topic, my friends and I played GTFO on Monday. It was my first time playing the game. And I was just like Ooh. looking up uh, stuff for it and everything. And I saw those spreadsheets. It was like, how to kill this enemy with. Here's the damage that every weapon does. Oh, yeah. And it's like the spreadsheet. is like the tier list. And it's like, who has time for this? <laughs> like, this is one like, of those I'll- things. I was like, who does this? They're Honestly doing God's work but
2: <laughs> yeah no i i don't know where like rpg communities would be without those kinds of people like i yeah. people who are able to you know reverse engineer stuff just by like screwing around with it in game that's like insane to me i have enough trouble engineering it the right way around so <laughs> that's just it's it's wild to me that people are this committed to uh to like you know creative projects and i i think that's going to be like a really rewarding thing when the game comes out it's like you know Connecting with those kinds of people because I, I, that's that's like my tribe, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Oh, um, what we know what your response is from your friends because I was there when you were when in the trailer when when the trailer dropped. Uh, what has the general like, ran, random person on Twitter experience been like so far? Uh, uh since the trailer since the trailer dropped and going moving forward. Well, first
2: of all, uh, thank you all for that. That really did mean the world to me, by the way. Yeah, um, but
0: we're, we're yeah. all like, we're all like, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> you know what's going on.
2: I love that. Um, but yeah, you know, the the uh, the the public response has been mind blowing. I think we're at almost, uh, if not a little bit past five million views uh, on the tra- like the official accounts trailers, not even including the other, uh, you know, repostings of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people seem so excited, you know. I, I'm seeing, uh, you know, I, I spent the whole night of the Game Awards just scrolling through uh, through the the like hashtag Game Awards, uh, uh, like the hashtag thread, and uh, you know, I just kept seeing like, oh, you know, I'm really excited for like Armored Core and Remnant Two, and I'm like, yeah. And then, uh, you know, I'm saying, oh, you know, Hades Two and Remnant Two, the the sequel time, and I'm like, yeah. You know, so, uh, you know, just getting to see, you know, how many people were excited for, not only for the game, but like, you know, we're mentioning it in the same breath as something like, uh, like, you know, a new armored core game or a sequel to Hades or whatever. It's just, um, not something that I was expecting, but something that I was incredibly like, you know, pleasantly surprised by. Uh, I know a lot of people have played the first one and I know like, you know, a majority of people who have played it like to, you know, to any extent have really, really enjoyed it. So Uh, you know, but just seeing, like, I don't think, I think I saw, like, three tweets that weren't, like, like, you know, people, like, chomping at the bit for the game, so that was, uh, really, really exciting for me as a, as, like, a first-time, uh, major release.
1: Looking at the, uh, looking at the Game Award trailers, it's just, finally, some good fucking sequels. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
2: this is a good year for sequels, honestly. Mm
1: -hmm. But, um... Again, we can't like talk about the actual game itself and everything, but I think that yeah. what I liked about Remnant, which is something that is different from a lot of Souls games, to an extent, is the three man team that you could potentially have, like the multiplayer, uh, you know, side of it and everything. So I think that difficulty curve is there, with the except with the exception that you know it's going to be a co op thing going into it
2: yeah and it's really interesting uh you know it's sorry this is like a like a real like an important uh souls-like design philosophy moment yeah. um the, the reason that the difficulty curve feels so different uh or at least like from my kind of uh understanding of it is that uh it all uh, like it all has to do with the fact that it's ranged combat um you know you think of uh, like a you know like a melee system and uh you know you're a guy with one sword right Uh, might be a big sword, but then it's going to go slow. Right. Um, but there's, you know, so, but so if I'm using a sword and you're using a sword, we both have to be like, you know, this far from each other to hit each other, but there's no way for a guy with a sword to deal with three guys who are all 30 feet away from him with a shotgun. You know what I mean? Um, so it's been interesting to see the ways that the actual game has had to become harder than something that would be, uh, you know, potentially like just like a, like a melee only game or at least something that's melee focused, uh, specifically because it has to account for the players being all over the place and doing three different things at once. Uh, so yeah, like adding, adding in the ranged element of like, you know, uh, like things like guns, uh, has, uh, completely changed the philosophy around difficulty in particular. And I think that that's something that like Revenant really has going for it in terms of like a hardcore experience.
1: Yeah. And I can see that in the design of some of the boss levels. If you just had, a player situated on different spots of the room. You know, if that boss wasn't spawning in the minions, like it does, then, you know, it's just people, two people picking it off while one person's running around in circles, trying not to, you know, get hit by
2: it. Yeah. You've got one dude with aggro boost with just like a giant crowd of enemies chasing after him pitchforks.
1: You just have two guys, a fuck, a fuck, a sit- a fuck. just two guys sitting back with repeater rifles, just t- pinging away at it.
0: There you oh, go. That, that's, that's, kind of how mmorpgs have been going since like before world of warcraft
2: yeah yeah you know it's it's really interesting
0: yeah you got tank and you got dps
2: exactly but i I think that there's a lot more uh kind of opportunities for roles in a in a in a party in um remnant than there would be in something like dark souls because you know with dark souls you have to build your character for solo primarily at least Uh, just because the game is a little bit more focused on that um but you know if you know you're going into it with a team setting like you're playing with two of your buddies you know your friend always likes to play medic you like to play range and your buddy likes shotguns you know it's uh it's like a little bit you almost have to have like a solo character and like a co-op character if you really want to uh get the most out of your build i feel like and i think that's something that um the soul series generally don't have because it's just you know, three dudes hacking away at a big guy, uh, you know, for the most part when it comes to like boss fights and stuff. I That's like a gross oversimplification, but you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I definitely. Can see
2: that.
1: Bit... I can definitely see that being like why the curve is as it is because it's mm-hmm. just if you had three guys going in with, you know, submachine guns, these enemies are a normal group of enemies are just going to go down. So it's like, oh, look, we have our fodder. We have a few of the big guys. We have some flying like aerial opponents and everybody has to kind of divvy up, you know, what's happening.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like I, I feel like, uh, I feel like almost calling it a soul's like is like a, does a disservice to the game because it's just so fundamentally different, you know? Yeah. It has a dodge roll with iframes, frames. Uh, it's really hard and there's consumables. There's a poison swamp in the first one, I guess. Uh, you know, but outside of that, in terms of like the moment to moment gameplay, I feel like it's a lot uh more distinct from a like a souls like than uh you know your your average i guess souls like would be because it's kind of like a weird nebulous term
1: yeah i think it'd be more like i would say probably not even like giving it you know like the height like the shortened title it's more of like just a third person like shooting role-playing game like a
2: yeah that's what i usually say squad
0: based role-playing
2: yeah, squad based like, like third person ARPG shooter. Make I guess it sound like
0: more like Destiny then. Uh yeah,
2: you know there's there's a lot of there's a lot of Destiny talk. It's uh I would argue that it's it's like, almost well, closer to, like Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like throwing the characters from Destiny into a Dark Souls game. I I guess. Yeah. It's like it's like it's hard it's so hard to explain because the 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 enemies the like the, the enemy behavior in remnant is also so different i feel like yeah. just because you get like a lot more varied enemies just because it's not games as a service and you don't uh you know the goal is to essentially polish each moment rather than uh trying to be able to create uh i get it, it's just like a different set of priorities i feel like yeah. in terms of uh like the experience but i feel like you know remnant is a smaller package with uh enemies that are a little bit more varied whereas something that's planning on having like a continued life cycle would design its enemies differently to be able to kind of fit into like more environments and things like that. Uh, Just so you can build like raid dungeons and things like that, where you'll see a lot of the same enemies, I guess.
1: Yeah. Remnant is like a complete meal where like games, like games as service are like fast food. You can pick it up when you want it, but you don't have to, you know, eat it all the time. It's just like, Hey, I want to play some destiny, but it's like with remnant, you can be like, pick it up, finish it, good you got a you know a to b experience story in itself in that game is wrapped up you've had hours of gameplay that haven't been repetitive in the sense that like a destiny game would be repetitive so
2: i actually i it's it's funny i that you mentioned that because that's kind of a, a philosophy that i've come to recently just because i uh I, I started playing Fortnite recently with uh with a group of my friends just because you know i had two weeks off from work uh <laughs> I'd been wanting to try it. I just taught myself to surf in CSGO and played Fortnite for that whole break. It was awesome. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's so interesting uh, for me because I've generally really not enjoyed multiplayer games. Uh, in the past, I used to play a lot of League of Legends. Uh, Sorry, you know, I lost. I, yeah, I know. I, I got to <laughs> the all, point where I was only playing support because the people that I was playing with were like... Anytime I, I, I took like any amount of kills or anything they'd like yes. yell at me. So I, I only played support and I played so much that I, I think I gained like 60 pounds that summer. Cause all I was doing was like waking oh up no. playing league of legends oh, and falling please. back asleep. Um, but I got really good at it. I could, uh, I could solo bot lane with thresh, um, before the rework. So, so pretty proud of that. But yeah, you know, I, I, I always, uh, I use, I think I just used to play multiplayer games with people who were like more focused on winning. Um, Whereas, you know, the people I've been playing Fortnite with, I'm finding that I'm just not really caring about how we place and just kind of having fun, you know, murdering people on the way to the center of the circle. And I'm like, you know, I'm never going to be as good as these kids who are, like, you know, off from school or whatever and are, <laughs> you know, spending their whole day playing Fortnite. So, like, why would I get upset when I don't win? You know? And I think that yeah. that mentality in particular is uh, something that's uh, made me enjoy multiplayer games a lot more. But I, I would agree that it's kind of just, like, I, I, I it's like fast food, but like not in a disparaging way. like yeah, it's it's so. just like it's just it's, it's it's good, it's good fun, and then you can put it down and you're done. And uh, I think that that's like a really valuable thing, especially it, for people who don't have like time to sit down and play a video game or whatever
0: so so there are there are like sit down restaurants where like uh, you know, quality inconsistent. you're not sure what you're getting. But when you're in the mood for like, and this is hashtag not an ad. When you're in the mood for like McDonald's, you know what you're getting when you go to McDonald's. You you know you're getting you know a crushed patty, uh, you know, cheese, uh, you know, all that and all of that stuff. I'm fucking hungry now. Um,
2: yeah, me too. But yeah, it's like uh, it's you know it's hard to it's hard to stop at Olive Garden on your way to work. Yeah, uh-huh. you know what I mean. Yeah, I, uh, it's hard oh to man, find the time oh there. Right, damn it.
1: It's hard to find the time to sit down and complete a game that, you know, even though it has a definitive end, it's like you still got to sink hours into it. You know, games like God of War or Horizon or Witcher 3, you know, those games have, you know, double digits of hours uh, to them. When Destiny, it's like, okay, you can play it for a few hours every now and then. Sure, by the end of the current season, you know, you're not going to be anywhere near the power level to do the, you know, endgame stuff for that season but you can still play it to your you know liking
2: yeah absolutely and i i think that that's something that um you know a lot of people miss out on and uh who are maybe not as as like i i don't even know what to what word to use but it, it's it's hard to hit like hit your head against a wall in a harder game uh than it would be to just like play a couple of rounds and just, you know, maybe get some wins or whatever. But, you know, if you only have like two hours a day to play a game, are you going to like bash your head against a wall about, you know, a boss that you can't beat in some game that you're playing by yourself? Or are you going to go hang out with your friends for a couple hours, you know, just like, you know, shoot some other guys and just like, you know, talk about whatever. Um, so I, I really do think it's like just kind of a, I used to view those all as one experience. And I thought that's why I didn't like multiplayer games. Um, but, you yeah, know, I don't know. I've just been thinking about it a lot lately. I, uh, you
0: just want to hang around better people. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's
2: it's just nice to have, like, a good experience at this point and, like, actually have a multiplayer. I'm probably actually going to play Fortnite when I hop off this call. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, no. It's just, like, uh, it's, like, a nice excuse to, like, see friends I wouldn't be uh, hanging out with otherwise. So oh,
0: add Fanon on Epic Games right now. Hey. <laughs> Yeah, that's I'll, what I I'll
2: should have got a creator code set up. Damn.
1: <laughs> yeah, see, I'm in like the weird like crossroads of those two mindsets because my friends and I played a lot of Destiny 2. But over time, like they've dropped out of it and I kept playing. So mm-hmm. I'm playing Destiny 2 by myself or with randoms whenever like it has a matchmaking mode. And I'm doing that, you know, days on end because I want to do like the end game stuff. I want to hit that, you know, power cap for the season, do the end game stuff, get all the completions for the season, etc., but it's just like, is this really worth me playing by myself for two to three hours, like every day, running the same activities each week because of resets, you know, like it's me doing the same thing every week in the same order with randoms. Most of the time, like, it's just I was like, you know, Hold what? I'm, I'm not going to play Destiny 2. I'm going to get into GTFO. And then after like three hours of gameplay on Monday, I'm like. These sessions are long and they are difficult. <laughs> like.
2: Yeah, I think that's been one of the that's been one of the kind of interesting things about uh, you know, I, and I'll talk. I'll stop talking about Fortnite at some point, but I think that's one of the things <laughs> that hooked me in was the fact that like, you know, I I've never I've never been able to like get into MMOs personally. I, I I've never had the attention span for it. My ADHD is real bad, um, but I think that's one of the that's one of the neat things about Fortnite is there's no real like permanent loss if you if you like don't play for yeah. for example like you know you get like league of legend has masteries uh uh you know destiny has like you know the loot grind and stuff like that but you know just being able to pick up something that's round based and the only thing i miss out if i'm not playing is like an extra like color for my doom guy skin yeah. uh i feel like that's like it's like i it's making me want to play rather than having to play to keep up
1: Yeah, Um, Destiny has like
2: power creep is what drove me crazy about all these games historically.
1: Yeah, Destiny has definitely has that. Bungie has been trying to alleviate it by making, you know, seasons. They'll end for like the focus and then the next season will come in. But the activities from that previous season will still be available for you to do the triumphs and everything. But it doesn't fix that fear of missing out, that FOMO each season. Because once that season ends, if you didn't get that weapon for like, you know a rank reset in PvP or something, because you can get a weapon each season if you reset one of your three ranks there. If you don't do that that season, you can't get that weapon. So, like, you have to play enough that season to at least reset. And it's like, this is not... But this is still missing out. Like, just let me have this for a year. Like, let me take my time over a year, get these four weapons, and then you can drop your big-ass content drop, and I'll be ready to go. (laughs) Like...
2: Yeah, I, I, I feel that. I, I kind of feel like this all falls under the, the like, Dan Dan Olsen concept of line goes up. Um, and, it, like, I, I feel like I can't keep up with games that are line goes up. Like, I see why people yeah. like them. It's just not for me personally. Um, just because, like, you know, if the line stops going up, I stop enjoying it. Whereas, you know, if it's just, like, a, you know, play and then stop whenever I feel like it, that's definitely, like, that's that's how it works best for me anyway, and... Yeah. Uh, that's how I manage to spend the least amount of money, which I think is why people don't do it that often.
0: You know what? But... You know what? Game is really good about like you're gonna, you know, it has a, a pass obviously, but you, 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 like you said, it's just like it's just cosmetic stuff, and it, that's fine. Uh, Marvel Snap actually is really like the rounds are like a minute, and you're done, and you go to the next one if you want to, and you're done after like a minute. And you stop playing it. Uh, yeah. Stuff like Marvel Snap or like even Le- uh, League's TFT, they're just you know it's the the auto chess, the card games, uh, the very the very fast paced ones. Wait, are uh, you uh, are you
2: talking about Ruin King?
0: No, 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 no. Uh, TFT is the their auto battler. Oh, got it. Okay, got it. Uh, but like stuff like TFT, uh, stuff like uh, TFT's hyper roll in particular, because I know a regular like TFT game will take. Upwards of like twenty minutes, uh, but TFT uh, hyper roll is like ten at most. Nice. Um, and then Marvel Snap, the games are at most a minute and a half each. Each game, each uh, card battle. Yeah,
2: and I feel like that format works really well for mobile in particular, just because like if you're on your phone playing a game, you're probably like waiting at a doctor's office or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, And you you only need like five minutes of gameplay. So I feel like those like short rounds work really well for that. But that was one of the things that drove me crazy about uh, League of Legends was uh, the fact that like, you know, rounds would unpredictably be either 30 minutes long or two hours. And I'm like, well, (laughs) uh, my parents are going to ask me to get up and do something. I live on my own now. I can play as many video games as I want. (laughs) Yeah, no, I feel that It was always uh, why can't you get off the game? And it's like there's four other people.
0: I can't. I not
2: leave them. They're gonna lose. <laughs> uh, yeah, just that drove me crazy. I yeah. uh...
1: playing more of my PS2 again since I finally got all the uh, stuff needed to hook it up to my capture card. I can hey, finally get back that to that. Must have been a hunt. Well, I had a. I had the PS2 for a while. I don't think I've told this. I think I told the story on the podcast once where I accidentally guilt tripped myself into buying a PS2 because I didn't. Oh, yeah. I didn't, didn't know when our that. we had a local retro store, and I didn't know that they closed at nine o'clock for some reason. It was like a Saturday night or a Friday night. I thought they'd be open a little bit later or it might've been eight o'clock or something, but I showed up like 10 minutes prior to closing and I was like, Oh shit, I wanted to like come in and kill time and stuff like that. And then, you know, go home. So I'm just looking around and I see them like kind of standing around and it's like, okay, what do they never have when I come in here? They never have the flat PS2 with like the top loader with an actual controller. It's always like a third-party one. So I'm like, hey, you guys have a, uh, like a slim PS2 with a original controller? Yeah, man, we have one right here. We just got it in a few days ago and it's like a nice silver one and I'm like, shit. So then I go like,
0: now I have have to. I go and like
1: find some games and I'm like, yeah, man, I like to pick that up. (laughs) I love that. But uh, I ended up, I picked up a uh, converter to HDMI and everything. And so I was making sh- seeing if that could hook up because I want to play some old games again, because a lot of modern games aren't doing it for me anymore.
2: I feel that I, uh, I played, Ka- uh, Katamari re-roll uh, recently with uh, my fiance and it was like the most like blissful experience of my life. I'm sure I talked about this last time on the podcast, but Katamari <laughs> is just like permanently top three games ever for me, for whatever reason. And, uh, I, uh, I was taking care of my fiance while she was sick over Christmas, and uh, I ended up just playing all of Katamari Reroll, like uh, Katamari Reroll laying on a uh, a blow up mattress with her while she was just like, like, t- like, passed out because she was so sick. And I'm like, hey, <laughs>
1: Katamari. That's the, uh, that's the remaster, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got like the expansion of widescreen and fixed a bunch of the bugs. Uh, a lot A lot less like weird PS2 texture artifacting nonsense. Uh, it just it looks really good. Uh, it, it's a lot more vibrant than it was uh, on the original release and stuff. Yeah, but. like
1: games like that, those deserve remasters or remakes. Oh, yeah. I saw a thing a few days ago. I didn't check to see if it was valid or not, but they've announced a, the first Horizon is getting a remaster, and I'm like, that game came out like five years ago. Like, what do you mean? It still
0: looks well, good. <laughs> it like, no, hold up. If and you want to hear
2: my, if you want to hear my cynical theory about that. Uh, I think that people. I think that game major game companies are a little nervous about putting out special editions anymore because everybody used to clown on Skyrim for that because yeah. it's been released on what like fifteen different consoles and it's never like you know Skyrim Remaster or whatever. It's always like Skyrim like Legendary Edition, Dragonborn Edition, Your um, Edition, uh, Goat Kicker Edition, like whatever you know. But like I feel like instead of doing like blah, blah, blah edition and then just releasing it on the PlayStation six or whatever, uh, they're starting to do like, you know, HD remaster. And it's like, it was, it was already HD. Yeah. Cause I games think it's like, been HD since the PS two. What are you talking about?
1: Yeah. Cause I think it's like, it's the first horizon just being like natively released onto PS five. And I'm like, but didn't they give you the upgrade from PS four version? If you bought the PS five, like, isn't that one of the games that had like the free upgrade? Like, it's just I'm seeing stuff like that and I'm like I think it's just the slapping a remaster. Is one
0: that's like Yeah, that Last for of
1: me. Us is getting remastered onto new consoles and I'm like, it still looks better than games currently. <laughs> what do you mean?
2: I will I will say I think the reason for that, and this is um kind of just a more general frustration with uh, you know, the the kind of rush to be hype like like, you know, uh photorealistic or whatever, you know, like a lot of kind of higher end game engines are pushing right now to make things look as real as possible and have as you know many realistic simulations as possible and this and that and the other and it's like i've always been of the opinion that uh stylized art doesn't age um it doesn't i think that i think that in getting kind of obsessed with the process of making your game look as real as possible uh a lot of uh like modern games have pigeonholed themselves into this spot where they're like all right well, um, this was the best-looking game that had ever come out at the time, and now Unreal 5 is out, and everything looks way better. So this game that was kind of marketed off of having, like, crazy graphics and really realistic reflections now looks like a PS2 game because, uh, you know, the PS5 has, like, three times the rendering power or whatever. So, um, you know, I feel like uh, a lot of kind of more realistic art style games tend to fall into this hole of needing to be, you know, remastered, remade, whatever, every couple of years, just because things look so much better now. You know, PS3 to PS4 was a jump. PS4 to PS5 was a jump. But like, I don't know, Dead, like Dead Space still looks great.
1: Though I've um, replayed the first and second Dead Space recently and showed sure, mm, the facial animations. They look fantastic. The facial animations do kind of show their age, but like everything mm. else in that game looks so good for yeah. what they made it in. And yeah, then you got that, a game recently on the same topic, like Callisto Protocol looks great and everything. And I like the idea of using real actors now as like video game characters. I like, could, I definitely it, like that trend we're seeing. But at the same time, it's like they put all that effort into how it looks. The game ran like shit. <laughs> like, I,
2: I've just... heard mixed things about the Callisto Protocol. Honestly, I'm very curious to play it um, because my first two impressions of it Were two people whose opinions I trust, one of whom said, uh, this is like, this game sucks, it's the worst thing I've ever played. And the other one was just put up a clip of them giggling as the animation canceled through the the, like melee combat in the game. (laughs) Uh, And that guy's opinion made me want to play it, but not take it. Like, like, like take it more like an action, like an action horror game rather than a survival horror game.
1: From what Uh, I, from what I played of it, it does feel like that because they've given you like a, not an active like dodge, but if like you hold the control sticks in a direction of the attack, you'll like dodge. So people have been going through and just like running through the game and hitting things like it's a speed run. But
2: uh, yeah, that's that's what I keep hearing is that it's it almost plays more like a brawler than like a survival yeah. horror game. And honestly, if, if you ask me, I feel like the kind of like, oh, it's dead space, but better thing that the uh, the like advertised uh, the advertising campaign for the game was doing, like almost might have done it a disservice. Yeah. Uh, it really drives me crazy when, you know, um, marketing doesn't quite understand what you know the essence of a thing is so they try to sell it to people as something else and then when they get something that wasn't you know what it was kind of advertised to be they're like disappointed rather than being like oh that was never the intention and it was supposed to be this other thing and it's really good at being that thing it's just not like how it was depicted i guess yeah
1: uh in a movie sense uh i think there was a lawsuit uh, about the movie drive that did that is because the trailer for drive made it seem like it'd be like a fast and the furious style, like action movie, but the movie itself is like a more slower paced, like character driven, like story. So this one lady like sued the studio for uh, misleading her with the trailer.
2: It all comes back to kangaroo Jack. (laughs) Oh no. That, that trailer, the trailers for that movie uh like destroy like destroyed me I I was so excited for like a wacky animated kangaroo adventure uh because the entire trailer used the one scene where they like get hit over the head or drink cactus juice and hallucinate yeah. Uh, it's like a, it's like a, like a, like a boner comedy heist movie. It's not even for kids. Like, why was this, why was this being advertised on Cartoon Network as a talking kangaroo movie? Because nobody would have watched it otherwise. But like, I don't know. I, I, I watched Kangaroo Jack and I don't think I've, I don't think I had ever felt disappointment like that. (laughs) But like, if you had just told me like, oh yeah, they put a sweater on a kangaroo and he ran away. It's like, okay, that's a movie. It's just not the movie you're showing me, I guess. Yeah.
1: And uh, I think the last... uh, God, I can't remember. I think it was Army of Two with the Devil's Cartel. The trailers for that, like, focused Mm. on the two bonus characters you got, which were two rappers that were, like, put into the game, like, their character models and everything. And it's just like, that doesn't tell us anything about the game, though. Like... (laughs) They're just showing who you can get with it. <laughs> like,
2: exactly. I, I personally think we should be putting more rappers and third person shooters. I missed the 50 cent games for PS2.
0: <laughs> they actually they did but hit. The sand.
1: No, they they did hit. Like for some for some dumb reason. Those games actually did work for what they were.
2: Man, I don't know what it is with like tie-in games in general for the PS2 era, but like I, I think about the Spider Man movie games like all the time. The Spider-Man games were ridiculous, and the uh, X-Men movie games were always yeah. really, really good.
1: The uh, uh, The Punisher had a tie-in game for PS2, and it was just like a really good, like third-person shooter where you just brutalize criminals.
2: Oh, you know what? You know what? Which Which one was uh, really, really good? Was the SpongeBob movie? Because they, like, took all the tech from Battle for Bikini Bottom or whatever, and just, like, made more of it. <laughs> and, like, no one knows about this game, but it's so good. It's like everybody wanted a, a Battle for Bikini Bottom sequel, and it's like, you already have one. Yeah. It's, it, I, I don't know if it's held up, because I played this when I was younger, but, like, I remember that game being, like, the coolest shit I'd ever experienced.
1: Going back to Army of Two, I'm going to throw a suggestion I want you to throw at your bosses. Because for some reason, even Army of Two stopped doing this mechanic after the first or second game. And I don't know why. When your teammate is down, you should be able to drag them and have them shoot and cover you. <laughs>
2: that is cool as hell. I, I, I do like stuff like that. I, I, I don't know why that's not in more games, honestly. I think the honestly. first
1: and second game did it. Like If one of your teammates went down, you could like pull them into cover, but they'd be sitting there like shooting as you pulled them. And the third game, I think, took it out for some reason. And I'm like co-op games i need to see that come back i need to see okay. like
2: interesting just, question if they took that out for the third one was it less cover shooting in that one it was still cover
1: shooty. it's just like okay What get i think it was um shit, was it wasn't i don't think it was visceral that worked on it it might have been but it was like they, they went to the third game i think it was like a forced third game uh Oh yeah, that's st- always rough i think it was that with a new studio but i can't remember that gotcha. I, cr- I can't remember it correctly and it's just like a bunch of like the co-op mechanics that the first two games were built off of weren't in there so it's like why <laughs> like
2: i mean i i feel like from a design perspective a lot of the time if you're having to it, if you don't really get much of a choice in what you're working on and there's like an expectation set um i almost feel like a lot of you know, designers would rather make the decision of, uh, you know, I want to, we want to try something different and see if it works rather than we want to try and replicate the magic of, you know, whatever the first ones did right and have people be like, oh, well, it does this just not as good. Um, you know, that, that's always been the, the assumption for me is that, um, it's to avoid comparison, like unfair comparison because you're just never going to have, um, you know, when it comes down to it, design design decisions are made by certain people for certain reasons. And if you don't have the people who are involved with the making of that thing a lot of the time, you know, you might just not understand why certain decisions were made. And it's like, okay, well, if we fundamentally don't understand why this was done, uh, we probably shouldn't do it and should do something that we, like, understand better anyway as like designers that's my thought on it but that's just me
0: borderlands does something similar when you're reviving someone that person can still fire at things Mm -hmm. uh borderlands might not be the best example in the world because a there's no cover shooting but also um like it's it's also like way more enemies as far as i know Mm -hmm. compared to an uh, army of two
2: well, the reason I ask about cover shooting specifically is that, um, you know, in a lot of uh, kind of more cover shooty mechanic uh, based games, or at least things like uh, like Gears of War, um, you know, like or, like early uh, cover shooter games, uh, the enemies tended to be a lot less aggressive in terms of uh, like coming towards you, unless they were like specifically like a guy with a melee weapon. Um, and, and, and that's one of the, the more interesting things about being able to revive people. Uh, in particular like if you have like a like a like a wounded system or whatever um is the idea that uh you know you going out to revive them uh is a risk you know if if there's a bunch of guys behind cover and your buddy was running between cover to you know uh you know go take some guy out or whatever you then have to like stand there for 10 seconds being shot at so it's like oh you know i need to make a strategic move to like You know, lay lay suppressing fire or whatever. But you know, if your if your buddy just goes down behind cover, then you just crouch and revive him. And it's like, um, you know, so it's it's always interesting to me to uh, because I feel like uh, the best player mechanics are ones that are tied inherently into the way that the enemies work. Uh, Just because if you don't have that synergy, and it's like, oh yeah, well I can drag this guy at like fifty percent speed, but the guys are running at me twice as fast you know, behind the cover that I'm in or whatever, it's like, okay, then why would we put the design time into that? You know what I mean? So, the times that you'll see, um, like, dragging and things like that, where it's like, okay, you know, we're expecting you to go down several times in the heat of combat, so enemies are gonna kind of stay back and allow you to, like, heal your buddies or whatever. So, it's it's just like, it's, uh, it's, it's fully tied into the design philosophy, and a lot of the time, trying to put mechanics together like that that aren't Uh, you know, designed from the ground up to work together uh, will actually make the game less fun, which sucks. Um,
1: I think it also might be an engine. It's
0: a very lose-lose.
1: I think it also might be an engine thing. Uh, I was looking into it. The first two games were built in Unreal 3, and for the third one, they had Visceral. It is Visceral that worked on them. Uh, They had the third game switch over to Frostbite 2. So I'm wondering, Ooh, so it's
2: not the, Oh, you know why that's no, you're totally right. Um, I think just the engine was,
1: capabilities just did not allow for that. That's that kind of interaction.
2: Well, no, what it was is they probably uh, couldn't use any of what they had from the first or second game because uh, it's, uh, it's not like a, um, like a, you know, if you can speak English and Spanish, you can, te- you can tell somebody in English, what someone in Spanish is saying, like, uh, engine assets don't transfer yeah,
1: so they probably have to start the, from scratch conflicts in the code and all mm.
2: that but, yeah, uh, so it's just like uh, you know if you can't move the content from one engine to another you it's like alright well we have to start from scratch anyway what do you know what do we want to do
1: yeah I think so. that would be a thing that I'd love to see come back like going back to the GTFO because that's kind of my hyper, fi- hyper fixation at the moment uh, <laughs> that's four players And Mm. it's recommended you play with other players instead of the bots that it supplies you if you can't fill the slots. So it's like, okay, one person can drag somebody back, two people can lay down, you know, covering fire would be a cool thing to implement there. But thinking about to like PS3 games to now, a lot of games tried innovation, but then they just nothing ever followed up on it. Like playing a Mm. Ghost Recon Feature Soldier, I used to play the multiplayer of that Uh, very heavily back in the ps3 days and that game you know had its like squad loadout you could have like the marksman and like the support with like the heavy machine gun and all that and that heavy machine gun by default could be mounted like to a wall like with a directional key and if you were to fire at somebody behind a wall because it is a cover shooter it would the game would consider you laying down suppressing fire and on their screen it would zoom in on them so they couldn't see around the wall And give them like a screen shake to show like, hey, they're being, you know, suppressed by this machine gun fire. And it's just like after that and after all this, this whole engine of like gun customization, they were like, hey, guys, we're making Ghost Recon Wild, Ghost Recon Wildlands or whichever one was the first open world one. And we're going to include none of that. It's like, why? (laughs) You're not even making this one a cover shooter. This one's just a third person run around shooting game
2: yeah it's it's so interesting the way that like you know keeping 90 percent of you know i guess what the essence of a game is and changing like one thing uh at at least in like the the kind of concept design phase just cascades into like a billion things just completely changing you know because and that's and that's one of the reasons that i i personally prefer a much longer development cycle not like long long like you know four plus years or whatever but uh You know, longer than, uh, you know, a year, for example. New Call of Duty Um, just came
1: out. We have one year for the next one. (laughs) It's uh, the rev up that engine, add some new stuff.
2: Yeah, but I mean, I think that's one of the things that's, uh, you know, important about a a longer development cycle. And it's, uh, you know, why I really like to see games getting delays. uh, Not like to see games getting delays, but I like to see that studios are willing to make delays if they need to is, there's honestly a lot of stuff that you don't figure out you know while you're making a game until you've played it you know incessantly for you know like months and months and uh you know a lot of the time when you're when you're like designing stuff it's really hard to make sure that you're playing it as well because you know if you spend eight hours working on script or um you know whatever it is that you do you know in the process of making a game it's really hard to like get off of work and be like, oh, well I'm going to play, you know, remnant for two hours or whatever. And like test out all the stuff that I made. I still do it. Um, you know, like it's an important part of making any game, but I really wish that, uh, iterating. Yeah. You know, no, iteration is like really just very, very essential in the process. And like, you know, I feel like, I feel like the game is a lot better just because it's kind of, you know, we've been working on it for a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, 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 like it's like a new game every two weeks. It's really incredible. Uh, like in a good way. Like I feel like we're just like constantly uh, improving on what's there and making it like more cohesive and stuff like that. Um, and that's not something that I I feel like we would have had a liberty to do if it had been like a really short development
0: cycle. Yeah. Um,
2: so, you know, the so
0: clickbait, I, the clickbait title here: uh, Game dev, Game Dev Shits on Game Freak. No, it's just like it,
1: it, there there has to be a middle ground, you know, like you can't expect the even these big game companies with like, you know, thousands of employees. It's unrealistic to expect those employees to create a new iteration of Call of Duty in one year and have it be, you know, perfectly functional. But then it's also like you have these games that are in forever betas as they keep adding like new stuff. And it almost sometimes fundamentally changes the game itself. And it's like, oh, we're still in beta. But then you have these games that are like, okay, we spent like a year or two in beta. Here's our release, and now we're gonna start changing stuff. But then you have, was it like Star Citizen that's been in development for fucking eight years now?
2: (laughs) Yeah, I I wish I was more familiar with that story, but the uh, like, like, like Star Citizen, the start, the process of making Star Citizen. I'm curious about it. Like, I'd love to be on a a fly on the wall. But the one that always comes to mind for me is uh, is Duke Nukem Forever. Yes, uh, I am. Oh, God, I am fascinated by Duke Nukem Forever as like a case study in. It's been overtaken.
1: Like, yeah, uh, I think uh, I think something I saw recently was a uh, Beyond Good and Evil 2 has been in development longer than Duke Nukem Forever was.
2: That's so interesting. I, I, <laughs> I actually have not played Beyond Good and Evil. I need to. I've heard it's like one of those games that I would really like. I've
1: been in like three um, of my launcher libraries and I haven't gone around to playing it yet.
2: Yeah, I think I played like the first 15 minutes. It seemed interesting. I just like
1: uh it's one of those games know, that was, like, people talk about. Kid. It's so weird. It's like it's one of those games that people talk about, but I haven't personally met anybody who's played it. <laughs> so
2: yeah, yeah, like... yeah, yeah. The uh, the other one that I, I always think of in that regard is uh, Abe's Odyssey. Like, oh my I
1: feel
0: god, like... Abe's Odyssey! I just
1: picked up a uh, Stranger's Wrath. I think a while ago, like that, the first person shooter from that universe. So... Sweet. I'm trying to get back into like a bunch of boomer shooters. So.
2: Yeah, love love um, me some boomer shooters. We
0: were we were talking about uh, so we've talked about like this could be the last thing we talk about since it's already been over. Um, mm. But like uh, we were talking about games that uh, truly could have used another month to a uh, month and a half of uh, development time. How do you feel about the latest iteration of Pokemon titles that? truly could have used a a good month or two of polish.
2: It's an interesting case for me because I, uh, if I'm being perfectly honest, have like zero nostalgia for Pokemon. Uh, it's very interesting because I, uh, have ex- almost exclusively been like a console person, uh, at least up until I was like a sophomore in college. And, you know, when I got a half decent computer and started like playing games on there. Um, you know, so I, I never really got into, like, any series that were, like, mobile. Um, so Pokemon was always kind of something I was adjacent to. I always liked the, like, designs and things like that. But, you know, I can't personally say that I'm, like, familiar with, you know, uh, the you know the ways it's been iterated on over the course of the generations and stuff. My uh, college roommate was actually a competitive Pokemon player, which is why I know so much about it now, and I played a lot of Pokemon Go. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's really interesting for me because um, you know, we, we bought, uh, Violet when it came out and, uh, I, you know, like I said, I don't really have too much personal experience, but, uh, my fiance is a, is like, uh, has played every Pokemon game pretty much since they came out. Um, not like competitively, but she just, she likes them as a, as a series. And, uh, I remember she was like so excited for it. Uh, and we bought it digitally. We downloaded it and she started playing it. We got to like, the second or third battle uh, and she had this look on her face and I'm like, I'm like, what's, what's wrong, babe? Um, and she's like, where's the stealth? The so stealth. <laughs> she had gone into Scarlet and Violet thinking that the um, stealth mechanics from legends Arceus were going to come back and was like disappointed to the point where she ended up refunding it. Um, not because the game was, like, busted or anything, that gets patched out, but, like, because she just didn't feel like playing, was, was, had, had her expectations set high by Legends, and then, like, didn't get all of the stuff that she liked from that one, you know, the one 3D game that they've done so far, you know, in the first mainline 3D game, and I remember thinking that that's, like, such a shame, um, because you know, I feel like this this was the jump to to three D, right? Outside of Legends Arceus, like there uh, hasn't been one in this Southern format.
0: Shield was the main line. So was it Shield was the first first main line. Was it on Switch? Yeah, it was on Switch. Oh, oh, okay. Well,
2: yeah, but it, all right. In that case, my my argument's kind of kind of screwed. But it's, it's one of those um, things where
1: it's like, oh, that mechanic was taken out.
2: Yeah, from exactly. a new
1: iteration, despite working in the previous one. Like,
2: well, from what I understand, that's uh, that's actually like a like a a way to keep value in the games. Is it's like, oh, if you want uh, a Pokemon that follows you in the in the pixel generation, you have to play like heart gold or soul silver. If you want, you know, this, you have to play black and white. If you want that, you have to play this. And it's like, you know, I understand wanting to make sure that like the game, you know, the, the experience for each one of your games is like completely unique and is able to kind of stand on its own, regardless of like, you know, how far back in the series it was, but at some point you do have to make changes to a series in order to keep things, uh, you know, fresh and interesting. And I feel like it does a real disservice to, um, people who are, are, you know, kind of getting into the series for the first time to not, uh, you at some point you start being held up by the DNA of your own series, essentially. So it's like, how much of this core experience do we have to preserve in order to call it a Pokemon game or whatever? Um, you know, so, so you get into these new iterations and there's things that could theoretically change in a way that would improve the game's experience, but because it has to have those things in order to be a
0: Pokemon game, essentially. there is enough change as far as like core mechanic. There is a there is like a stealth mechanic, um, but it's just kind of tiptoeing in the tall grass, and waiting for the Pokemon to move, and then yeah. tossing a ball from behind them. Uh, it's not. Co- I I never played Ar- Arceus, so I don't mm. know what that mechanic is, but. Yeah. That's as far as I know, the hide, the hide mechanic.
2: Yeah, that was one of the really interesting things for me playing, you know, like the bits and pieces of, of uh, Arceus that I did get to play. Is that it, the movement almost felt like uh, like Phantom Pain? Like, the, there was like a. Really? Like
1: a, yeah, yeah. No, oh, the, no, the, the movement in Phantom Pain is fucking weird.
2: <laughs> I yeah. love it, but it feels like Arceus, doesn't it? Like, I don't, I don't know if you've played it, but it. Uh, oh, no, I haven't played a
1: Pokemon I, game I, since the original Gold and Silver. So.
2: Valid. But yeah, you know, I, I I remember like playing the game a little bit and being like, "This feels familiar." Why does this feel familiar? But the, the I don't know the movement system in that game just felt
0: you just start natural kids in America now.
2: Yeah. Oh my god. But yeah, you know, I just remember I remember like really being excited about the way the movement felt in that game, and then I, I'm pretty sure it's just like regular stick movement with no like dodge rolling or anything in uh oh, in Scarlet Violet.
0: Uh, I that is a like like sharky was saying that's a very distinct movement pattern i
1: the thing is like i thought when i first started when i sat down to play phantom pain the first time i did the movement and i was like this feels off because like i had vague memories of 1 and 2 <laughs> going back and playing 1 and 2 the game's movement has always been that fucking weird it's just been yeah. less. It's been less noticeable because of the engines that it's on and the generations it's on. But the movement in the mm-hmm. Metal Gear Solid games has always felt so off to me. <laughs> like, well,
2: I almost, I almost feel like that's on purpose because it forces you to be a lot more precise with the movements that you're making yeah. uh, if you want to stay in cover. But it does allow you to more easily move the way you would need to move to hide, which I think is actually kind of cool. Um, you know, and I, I, I personally am like a, like a. You know, I know, I know it was kind of a mess, but I personally really, really like Metal Gear Solid five. Um, like three is still my favorite, but, uh, you know, five was the first one that I played because I, I only had a PS4 at the time. Um, so like that was my first experience with Metal Gear, which is insane. Um, but, you know, I am I, I, a huge fan of the series, but I, I um, it's interesting to me having played that one first because it made the other games, I think, feel more natural. So when I, you know, when I finished five and went back and played, you know, not so much one, but like two in particular, you know, it already felt a little bit closer to what I would expect than what I would, you know, like if it had been kind of more of a modern control scheme and, and uh, you know, prioritized a little bit uh, yeah. things, prioritize things a little bit differently in terms of like how you interact with the environments.
1: And Metal, Gear Solid, on, Metal Gear Solid is that game series that did that iteration after iteration correctly by it, adding a little bit to each game
0: so that said if you start at, if you start at one and don't play any of the other ones that just play five you're like what the fuck happened here because you're not going to get yeah, that that's an insane jump
1: you're not going to get like the ledge climbing from two you're not going to get that open yeah. world feel from three you're not going to yeah. get the weird cinematic moments from four it's just like mm-hmm. it, it, he's always built on Something and five does feel like that culmination of this is everything we've learned over our little changes each game.
2: So yeah, and I, I remember that was one of the kind of crystallizing moments for me when I was playing through the series for the first time that like really got me interested in 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 the decisions that were being made about how the player interacts with the game specifically. Uh, cause I had to skip one because it was driving me crazy. Uh, not having an analog stick was just really driving me insane. And I was playing, <laughs> uh, I don't have access to twin snakes tragically. Um, so I ended up playing, uh, sons of Liberty, uh, like right after I finished five. And, uh, I thought I broke it. I thought I, <laughs> I thought I was doing something wrong because Olga was just like shooting the crap out of me. And I, I kept uh-huh. dying over and over. And I'm like, you have to hold a button to look down the scope what and then i thought about it and i'm like oh you have to hold a button to look down the scope like it's it was just weird to me that uh that fire was square and it just threw me for a loop but i'm like this is the exact same control scheme the buttons are just moved around
1: yeah that, that is so. one of those uh weird things about uh Metal Gear solid one though is that it was made for the original controller not the dual shock so you're exactly. playing you're playing this top down stealth game <laughs> And then everything from two and on is like, okay, we now have these things called joysticks that can help us figure (laughs) stuff out.
2: Man, I like like the invention of fire. I have so much trouble with D-pad controls. I don't know why it's just like never quite sat right with my thumbs. But like
1: I keep forgetting that that was a thing that the PlayStation had had to put up with. It was like the first like few months of the PlayStation's life and the first like dozen games that came out only had the D-pad control. And then, like, we're putting out this game. Here's a new controller to go with it.
2: Well, that's why you see uh, tank controls so much, is, you you know, the, you're limited from a 360-degree range to four polar options, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, theoretically, there was no way to measure, like, how far around the D-pad your fingers were or whatever. Uh, I think some, like, modern controllers can do that. But, uh, you know, like, for the most part, it was just digital up, down, left, and right. Um, you know, so there was no, like turn it was just up or right um and it's it's amazing how much um input sorry i'm like really fascinated by uh like player psychology in particular and the way that like the designer's intent um can be like kind of like can drive the player experience in ways that you wouldn't expect um so like You know, it's pretty much instinct at this point that like one of the shoulder buttons aims your gun and the other one shoots it, Um, you know. But at that point, what do you do with melee if you have like a game where you you have guns and swords or whatever, like remnant, for example? Um, Do not make
1: it clicking the control stick.
2: Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I I hate that
1: that as the melee mechanic like put it on a bumper. If I have to keep clicking that right control stick to melee somebody, I'm going to throw this controller through a window. (laughs) like
2: <laughs> yeah no for real it drives me crazy I, but i also don't particularly like it being on the face buttons i'm at the point where i'm like i, I really like uh you know not to not to toot our own horn or anything but i really like what remnant did where it's like okay yeah you can't hip fire your weapon but uh if you fire your gun while you're not anything aiming or whatever your you, melee. you just use your melee yeah. exactly so it's like okay if i want to hit somebody it's always the same button you yeah. know what i mean and that frees up the whole rest of the controller to do whatever the hell you need it to. So I don't know. I just I thought that was a cool
0: choice. Yeah.
1: Well, anybody else got anything they want to?
0: Man, I wanted out? Pokemon, and I got Metal Gear Solid. I'm that's that the pleas- that's, I'm pleasantly surprised. That's the pipeline of gaming.
1: <laughs> Everybody starts at Pokemon. Truly. You end up at the Metal Gear Solid franchise eventually.
2: <laughs> True. Hey, everything's a Metal Gear reference. I, yeah. uh, last, last controller thing I'm thinking about, uh, ever since the Game Awards, I've been stuck on thinking about, uh, the, uh, armored core grip. Are y'all familiar? <laughs> oh no. no.
0: Oh, no. When That's you, fine. uh, uh,
2: so, uh, I've never actually played one except for on a demo disc for the, for the, um, the PlayStation the 9 think. That demo. was a PS, that was a, a ps demo. Oh. Hey.
0: Hey, let's go. Oh, demo you Y'all remember discs. Yo
2: Noid? Oh,
1: you guys yeah. remember you guys remember oh demo discs?
2: <laughs> oh my God, dude. i I literally like demo like the p s two the PlayStation Magazine demo discs are like a big part of the reason I'm a game designer today. It was I, a yeah, demo I have disc memories of those.
1: It was a demo disc that gave me my first experience of Soul Reaver. and ever since then, I have been yeah, trying dude. to find a functional PC port, which I think they are coming out with because they delisted it, Soul Reaver on uh, goG with an update wait. coming soon tag. So I think they are going to make uh, a functional PC port for that. Finally,
2: I don't have any uh, insider information. I will say like, I, I should clarify <laughs> that now, but like I would love to personally love to see soul reaver remasters. I think that would be cool as fuck. Soul reaver um, remaster.
1: You just put them all on a disc. You have soul reaver one and yeah. two. You have legacy of legacy of Kane defiance because the first legacy of Kane is this weird, like CRPG almost. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, just remake that. In a different style, I um, so, may kind of bring uh, that in line with everything else. But then just give me like the five game disc with ev-
2: with all of you, them.
0: You were asking about the armored core grip. Yes, yeah. it's, it's this up here. Yeah, yes, it's this up here. <laughs> Once you're playing the game like this.
1: Oh, yeah, talk is that everything in a wait, controlled backwards? in that? End?
0: yes, it's backwards.
1: Oh you're my on push to
0: type god.
1: That in. Yeah, you're on push to talk so
0: Um the 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 insane progression
2: for me uh was uh actually it's my right hand that's relevant but yeah, you know, it's funny I played uh when I played Dark Souls I I mostly played it like this but I got sick of um you <laughs> know, switching from like the aim stick to the the movement stick and I I don't like playing with lock on or whatever. So I sw- I was using a uh, a Steam controller, but I switched to like the Raptor grip. <laughs> so uh, I would use this for yeah. uh, Estes and uh, Dodge. I'd use my thumb uh, and then these two fingers to to like hit and do heavy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when, once I got around to Elden Ring, for whatever reason, I started uh, I started playing like this <laughs> on the right side of the controller. So thumb and then. Yeah, no, no, no. So I started. I started bending my finger for some reason and brought my my like. So I was I was attacking with my pinky, um, but from what I understand, because I, I haven't actually played one, but I, I have a lot of friends who really like it. You actually play Armored Core with the sticks swapped, yeah, uh, and then you control it like with all with both of your hands on the controller backwards the and. Fuck? I just well. The thing about it is, apparently, the the control scheme is so complicated that you have to like in order to get the most out of your build and be able to use your like melee weapons and range weapons at once, you need to hold the controller backwards because you need all five fingers. And I think that's I think that's like the coolest thing that has ever come out of. You're not supposed to use it this way, but I but yeah, I guess gamers built different. (laughs) Love it, love the innovation
0: from Soft just continues to deliver from like 40 years ago.
2: Yeah. I love it. I yeah, I'm curious to see how like uh like paddles on the back of it cuz I know there's a lot of uh controllers nowadays that have The the Elite um, like
1: controller for Xbox yeah. has that has like the two option.
2: I always get called a freak for using the Steam controller, but it's the only one I have that has the back paddles and I love it.
1: I played one game on my channel with the Steam controller and it was Half-Life.
2: It's not a bad choice
1: I never wanted to use that controller again in my life after finishing that game I uh
2: I will say it's it's not the greatest thing in the world if you have to use the right joystick if you don't need the right joystick it's fantastic I played um I played devil may cry 3 for the first time with a completely customized control scheme on a steam controller uh and it's funny because the thing that uh, got me into it, uh, I love talking about this because it's like an actual like weird accessibility issue with that game specifically. So um, I have fibromyalgia, right? Um, I'm disabled, I have my card and everything. Um, but the one of the main symptoms is that uh, repeated motions, like essentially the stuff that you'd need to do to do like quick time events, is really, really painful for me, right? The problem is my thumb the whole, t- the whole time you're playing, you know, Devil May Cry 3 in particular, you have to mash the gun button to keep your combos up in order to get your, like, style meter up enough to kill some of, the, you know, to, like, get Devil Trigger and kill bosses and things like that. Um, so, I actually ended up having to use the Steam Controller because it was the only way I could get the turbo to work correctly. So, I just started holding down the button with my uh, thumb, and then I'm like, wait, uh, why would I hold this down with my thumb uh, I'll just put it on the back paddle so I can squeeze the controller to maintain my combo and not, like, ruin my finger any worse than I have to. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, uh, I was using my my thumb only for melee, so I started switching the other controls around, and by the end, it, like, it looked nothing like the original control scheme, um, but it was just way more physically comfortable for me to play. Um, and being able to use both, uh, you know, these two fingers to maintain combos, I was eventually able to turn the turbo off. I didn't even have to think about my disability at that point. And I think that that's like one of the reasons that the accessibility experience is so important is being able to like, oh, you know, go from, I can't play this game because I'm disabled to, I've been able to customize this game so much that I don't even have to think about my disability. We, that was the that was the thing that made me love Devil May Cry 3.
1: Yeah, we did an accessibility episode of the podcast. I think with Haley when we covered like the exorbitant costs of like accessibility tools for like controllers Mm -hmm. and consoles. I mean, that's that is its own episode, but like that could be a whole other conversation for another episode to go back over. But it's like for a to play a game in that kind of setup, you're paying thousands of dollars Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and it's just it's
1: absurd. It's almost like it's not helpful. Like, Mm. (laughs) you know, it's just Ah, wild. Yeah, that's why
2: that's that's part of why I'm really uh, excited that, you know, uh, the conversations that are happening on Twitter are happening right now and we actually have, like, you know, game design discourse in a public setting is that, you know, you can kind of, uh, you know, even if even if it's not native to the game that you're wanting to play, you know, somebody else might have a solution for you. And the thing about it is the more, uh, you know, players talk about this and, and push for accessibility and, and, you know, and really like, make it a a priority in terms of their, like, purchasing, uh, uh, like, decisions and things like that. Like, oh, yeah, you know, this game is something that, uh, you know, I specifically want to support because I like what they're doing for my friends who, like, otherwise wouldn't be able to play games. You know, making sure that conversation is happening, uh, will incentivize more studios to, like, you know, put in the work and really, uh, make sure that their accessibility options are, Uh, you know, front and center and, uh, you know, try and change the conversation around things like uh, gyro aim is the the thing I always like to talk about because uh, so many people take like personal offense to gyro aim, uh, even being like, Hey, do you want to turn this on? Like when you start the game and it's like gyro aim is the only way that I'm able to play a shooter on a controller um, personally, because my hands shake. Um, So trying to like move, intentionally with the thumbsticks is not easy for me at all um you know so I you know I'll go from being mediocre at a game and not enjoying it that much to uh being completely cracked when I can just tilt the controller a little bit to like align my my uh crosshairs and just use the stick for bigger movements um and for some reason a lot of people that I know are like like oh you like gyro aim like what are you talking about you have bad opinions and I'm like it, hel- it helps me.
0: I'm I don't disabled. know. People, what people, the hell are you talking about? People get
2: so up in arms about gyro aim in particular, and I don't know why. But it's like, for anybody who has had trouble with shooters on controller, especially if you have like motor disabilities, um, or like fine like fine uh movement disabilities, it's it's life changing. Like it really really helped me a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, getting into, uh, you know. Like like anything that's a shooter where I where keyboard and mouse isn't an option because it's my preferred schema. But anyway, yeah, well,
1: yeah, yeah. We're coming about an hour twenty now, so I think now would be a hey, good time to a
2: time move. The time move? We'll just keep yeah. talking. So definitely. I mean, stop and
1: things like we love having you here to talk. So I'm pretty sure when you know hey. the game the game launches or whenever some new discourse happens, we'll bring you back.
2: yeah no I mean like once Remnant once Remnant 2 drops you will not be able to get me to shut up about it so um, (laughs) definitely let me know if y'all ever want to like talk about it or stream it or anything it's that that,
0: uh, Tyler the Creator meme of like unfollow me right now this is the only thing I'm going (laughs) to talk about for the next
2: I think about that tweet like at least once a week in regards to Remnant 2 I'm so excited
1: cool well thank Uh, you uh, for being here this week with us Bannon. it's always great to have you uh, here on the show
0: do you have I'm anything? Here.
1: Do you have anything to add, Decca, before we wrap up?
0: I'm good. Uh, I th- uh, if you're looking for calls in Netherdeep, uh, I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah, holidays. Uh, right. I
0: work a factory job. I, I, I The holidays uh was mostly me recuperating from like my factory job that I have, and I good. love my factory job. Decker got a new job. God, Deca, is it a lot?
1: Decker got a new job. It's taking some time. We had the holidays, yeah. we kind of shut everything down, which is why we haven't had a podcast episode for the last several weeks, or we haven't had, you know, a uh, D&D game up on the other channel, or we have, haven't have had called another deep up on this channel, everything just kind of stopped uh, for the holidays, because of scheduling and all that. But New Year, we'll slowly be getting everything back onto a, uh, a regular schedule. So it's uh, gonna yeah. be nice. But yeah, I uh, think that uh, I think I have nothing else to say. Like fans said, I could talk about just game stuff for hours. So,
2: I feel that I I'm like getting over a cold right now, and it's my first day of work back from uh, Goblin Week. Uh, I don't know if I've told you all about Goblin Week, but it's my new favorite time of the year. Um, we get, get a
1: you get a you get a week it, off at the end of the year.
2: <laughs> no, I get I get two.
1: Nice, I get a week off from so. my job at the end of the year. So.
2: I I can't tell you how bad I needed that. Like, honestly, it's 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 so wild to come. Like today was obviously the like, you know, like caveman mode, just trying to get anything (laughs) done kind of day. Like, you know, that coming back from break always is or whatever. But, uh, you know, it's amazing, like how much more energy I have now and how much more excited I am to, like, uh, do work, you know, just because I had like a couple of weeks off. But, you know, it's a good feeling.
1: So Again, just like they think just, you know. Take time for yourself sometimes if you can Hell like, yeah! enjoy, enjoy those moments, because by the end of the year, by December, relax. every year, if you have just Do been it. working on anything, you're going to be burnt out. Just take like a few days to you,
2: you will relax.
1: <laughs> you, will re- <laughs> you will relax. We are no longer asking. <laughs> but,
2: this is a threat.
1: But yeah. All right. If you want to take us out, Deca.
0: Yeah, uh, so as always, we will have Fannin's information down below. Uh, probably the link to where you can pre-order Remnant, I guess. I'm just there gonna... is a link. We have a Steam page, I think.
1: Yeah, there's Steam yeah. Steam page. I think I saw one on GOG, I believe, too. So, or maybe Epic, one of the yep. two. But there are some place There are launchers where you can get Remnant too. So,
0: yes, um, and pick up the other Remnant while you're at it. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, I. Um... And we will have our information at the bottom as well. Um, Sharky, you know, get tiptoeing back into streaming uh, every now and again. So pop in time, when he's... if
1: everything on my schedule works out, by the time you all are watching this, I might be streaming that night. These, these episodes come out on Fridays. I'm trying to get into Friday and Saturday streaming again. So, yeah, we're currently playing through so Akusa Zero and it is a it is a time sink. So
0: <laughs>
2: nice. I mean, if y'all ever want to like do a three man on remnant, definitely let me know.
1: I love that. I love to get back into it. I have it uninstalled. I've uninstalled it uh, now for other stuff, but pretty sure I saw my save file and everything for my character.
0: Yeah, I bet I've I've never played it, so it could be my first time into it. Hey, we'll be the, able to we'll be able content. to like, point you towards all the cool stuff, the content, the content, content. Uh, but yeah. Um, If you like what we're doing, you can always uh, like the video, tell a friend, tell a friend to tell a friend, um, subscribe. Um, There are less there. I think the majority of people who engage with our content are still like not subscribed, which is a bonkers phenomenon to me. (laughs) But hey, that's YouTube for you, I guess. Um, Yeah, Uh, we'll be here in the new year doing things. Uh, And this is without context for... Deca, Sharky, Fannin, we're out. See you guys later. Fortnite.